Today, I have the pleasure to speak with Karenza, which who is a mother of three, uh, based in London. She's a working woman. And basically, you had issues earlier in your life with fertility. You tried everything under the moon on the NHS, uh, as well as in private. And at some point, you decided to go to Greece. And within a matter of weeks, basically, you got pregnant. And now you have three wonderful, beautiful children. I have to say thank you ever so much for speaking to us because I think it's a very, very sensitive topic for a lot of women and a lot of women feel that this is not necessarily something that they want to share or that is uh, because it, it is quite a sensitive topic, as, as I said. Um, and you were also quite young when you started your treatments. Is that right? I, yeah, I think that made me almost a bit more blasé about the whole thing. Not that I, obviously it was all-consuming, but I, I was always very happy to talk about it all. So it's it's never been a taboo subject for me. I've always been very open with it all and 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 happy to talk about it. And I'm a talker anyway, so I liked talking to other people while I was doing my treatment. So I've always been very open with our journey and everything we went through because I think it's just really helpful and there's so many people out there when you speak to them who are like oh I did IVF or oh I struggled to have a baby or oh my friend's going through that there's always someone that knows of somebody going through it absolutely but they would not necessarily share that with thousands of people so thank you it's really really appreciated uh, uh, to to be so open because even even though I'm not I feel very maternal. I want to be a mother at some point, but I have not really come in touch with this topic much. I have friends who have certain, you know, topics in their lives that they may want to explore. And that might be IVF, that might be certain fertility treatments, but it is something that not everyone really feels comfortable even talking to their friends about sometimes. So, so that's, that's definitely a good thing I guess so you you were only you were quite young you were 26 or 27 when you started considering these treatments why, why was that yes yeah, so we uh, we got married I came off the pill uh we wanted to try for a baby um but we waited and we waited and my periods didn't come back my cycle never returned we tried lots of different drugs to just sort of try and kick start my body but my it just never got its own cycle back so that we couldn't really try naturally because there was no cycle, there was no ovulation, there was nothing going on at all. So it was very frustrating. I think you're not the only one I've I've known from friends who were on the pill from very ridiculously early ages, from like 13, 12, 14, whatsoever. Whenever they started to have their natural period, they would go on the pill straight away. Yeah, which is basically I mean, what I did. Yeah, I think from about 14 I was on it until I got married. So that was a lot, a long time. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't really know my natural cycle at all, really, because as you say, you sort of you start having your periods, you have problems when you're younger. They popped you on the pill and then just stayed on it. Hmm. So what what happened afterwards? So how did you hear about these treatments in the first place? I mean, IVF was, I guess, even it was known, but it was not as popular as it is today. Yeah. So um, I I was flying then. I was um cabin crew, so I worked with a lot of women. Um, and um, so I was very aware of all the different fertility treatments out there really because there's lots of things you chat about in the middle of the night on a night flight so uh, I knew I had the I had the I was fortunate enough to know women who'd gone through it but I just remember thinking god that sounds awful I'm not doing that 
just the thought of IVF at the beginning was just horrendous. I thought, no, absolutely not. I'm not going to be doing that. But slowly but surely, we tried lots of different things. You start getting used to taking these drugs and then it just stopped being so scary and seemed like a really exciting opportunity, really. I was just so thrilled that that was an option, really. Years ago, if you couldn't have a baby, you couldn't have a baby. There was just nothing out there. You go and adopt a child. <laughs> That's what you can do. Yeah, whereas there was just so many different options. We did lots of, they tried lots of things to get my cycle back. So I just felt like if I could get a period, then we could we could try naturally and it would be fine. Um, but so we did lots of, we did Clomid, we did um, a drug, I can't remember what it's called now, but it's supposed to just like kickstart your periods back again. That didn't work. And then we did something called timed intercourse. That didn't work. Um, then we did, I think then the next step was to try IVF. So that was our next viable option, which we did in the UK. Or we were referred on the NHS. Up until recently, I did not quite know the details of what IVF involves and what that really is. Uh, can, can you expand a little bit more on what, what exactly that involves? It's basically, there's two different types of protocol. There's the long protocol and the short protocol. The long protocol, you have to take a drug to suppress your body's natural hormones. It shuts everything down. And then once you've reached a base level, then you start uh, stimulate, stimulation drugs. That gets your body to produce lots of eggs. So normally you'd produce one, maybe two in a month, but you could produce sort of 10 to, 10 to 18 eggs, basically, so your body produces all these eggs, you're constantly scanned every sort of couple of days. And then when they say, yep, yeah, you're good to go, your follicles are the right size, you have another injection that releases the eggs. Then you go in and have a procedure called egg collection, where I think they go up with a sort of very tiny, in very simple terms, a very tiny sort of pipette type thing and, and extract each egg from your follicle and, and pop it in the, the Petri dish to be fertilized. The eggs stay out your body for hopefully five days. That's the ideal. That means they've reached something called blastocyst. And then you have one or two put back. And if you've got any other good ones, they can be frozen for another go. And then you have to do something called the two-week wait, where you wait and then do a pregnancy test at the end of it to see whether it's worked. So it is basically, I mean, it is your natural stuff, but it's, it is still artificial <laughs> in a way. So... All, all the hard work's done outside of your body and then it just gets put back and you just have to hope for the best. But it can take it can take a good like six weeks if you're doing the down regulation as well with the waiting as well. It can be a very long, long process. So by the time you've got to that bit of just waiting to find out if you're pregnant, you've, you've been going through it for a while. And you had been doing this all on the NHS? So we were referred on the NHS and we were lucky enough to be eligible and we would, where we lived, we would get one go, but the wait uh, time was about 18 months and we'd already been trying for probably about two years without a cycle. So not with the expectation of getting pregnant, but trying to get my body to, to get pregnant basically and doing some other things. So I just felt like I couldn't wait 18 months. So we did um we went and did a go privately while we were waiting for our nhs go and that was not successful so i got pregnant that time but then um then at the early scan the baby wasn't viable so there wasn't a heartbeat so it developed to a certain stage but then it stopped developing i think it's about the six week scan six or seven weeks so so we got that far we got the positive pregnancy test but then the baby was a no-go so then that was that must be so frustrating. 
I can't imagine how frustrating it must be. It's just, especially like a miscarriage is always incredibly hard. But one of the hard things is thinking, I can't just try again. You've got to A, find the money and find the the sort of strength to, to go again, really. So and then afterwards, after trying all of this, at some point you went on the web and you did a little bit more digging and research and you found a clinic in Greece. Yeah, so I did I did another go in the UK and then I did my NHS go. So we did three goes in the UK oh. in total. And then um I'd been on forums and stuff for people um trying to have a baby and going through IVF and stuff and made some friends on there. And this clinic in Greece kept being mentioned. Um and the more I was thinking, well, this seems like this seems like the best thing to do. We'd sort of not exhausted all our options, but but we felt like we'd exhausted all our options. We were we we'd, we'd tried lots of extra things in the UK so we tried a few different things but it with the clinics in the UK unless it's proven to work they're they're a bit hesitant really to let you try these different things and, and we were of the mindset that we if it might work we wanted to try it so it was hard to work trying these these different things so um the clinic in Greece had been recommended over and over so I went out there for a, a procedure called a hysteroscopy, first of all, which you could just have done and then come back and do IVF elsewhere. But we went over there for that and just absolutely loved them over there. So I ended up going back out to do a full IVF round out there. Mm. So how how was that different to your experience on the NHS in the in the first place? It, I mean, it was completely different, I guess. Uh, no criticism of criticism of the NHS they're incredibly busy they see lots of people but it was very much convey about the NHS experience so you, you would go in you'd wait ages for your appointment because they were always so busy which is obviously tricky when you're trying to do it in a work day and things trying to take the time off and not necessarily wanting to tell all your colleagues what you're doing and um, so that was a bit tricky um, and it just wasn't very personalized they were very busy you were sort of in and out whereas the minute we had contact with the clinic in Greece, they were so, the, the consultation form we had to fill in was so detailed. It was so personal. She was, very, I was telling her what we'd done and, and Penny, the lady who ran it, was just like, well, of course that won't work. That, that's not the right drug for your body. And, and I was sort of thinking, oh, like this is, it, I was just hearing things I hadn't heard before. She was so detailed, but so nurturing. She was a, a real like mother figure. Um, so I felt like even if, I didn't get a baby I would it would have been our best shot and they I felt like they cared as much as we cared really and they also found an underlying issue which the NHS hadn't found or private clinic in the UK hadn't found is that right yes so I went over for the hysteroscopy which is basically where they go in with a camera and look at your uterus and then scrape away all the lining uh, and they found that it was just all sort of really thick and sort of deadened almost and hardened so when an embryo tried to attach it couldn't attach to the the blood rich like supply that is supposed to be your uterus it was it was sort of like a dark deadened thickness I guess to my uterus that hadn't shown up on any of the scans or anything that we'd had in the UK I'd had something where they put like dye through your tubes in your uterus and that had all come back as completely normal and 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 fine when I don't think a baby would have ever been able to attach and fully keep developing because it just it wasn't a like a hospitable environment really so they found that which straight away felt like okay this feels like we might have solved the problem now to 
as to why it's going wrong, especially as I was I was young. I had no obvious fertility issues other than my body wasn't having a cycle. My eggs supply, uh, they do a test called an AMH, which tells you your levels um, and how good your mm. egg supply is. And that was really high. I can't remember what it was, but it, it was good for my age. So it wasn't like, oh, your egg quality's bad. You've not got many of them left. It was all great. It just wasn't working. So it felt like that was was the answer. And then we went and did our, our full IVF go quite soon after that so that it was sort of freshly, freshly done. Can you talk me through the timeline? So you, you get there, you get your scans done, then they found the underlying reason or the underlying issue that might take, I guess, a week or two or three to solve that? I went out there for that procedure and I think we were out there for about three days for that. Uh, got there, I think we flew in one day, had the procedure, went to see Penny uh, and then recovered for the rest of that day and flew home the next day. And then then we booked to go back on like my next cycle to do the IVF. So we came home in between and then went back and you can start doing the drugs in the UK. So I got all my drugs while I was out there and then brought them home with me. And then we started injecting in the UK and got scans locally and then was sending the results of these scans to Penny. And then I think it was probably on about day five of the stimulations, we flew over to Greece and then stayed there for another like week and a half while we carried on our stimulation drugs and then had egg collection out there and then another five days and then egg transfer back in again so we were, I was probably out in Greece for about two weeks wow but w while I was out there having the hysteroscopy I had my husband with me and he gave his sample and left it in Greece then so then he didn't have to come back when we did the IVF so I got the month off work because they just happened to be offering months unpaid in the um in the winter because it's not a busy flying um, time so I went out there with my mum in the end and left left my husband at home so that worked out quite well we could do we could get it all set and pre-organized when we were out there on our short trip so that he didn't have to take time off work but there was Fantastic. lots of women out there loads of women just took their laptops out there with them which now especially with everyone working from home they just took their laptops and worked from Greece while they were there and just nipped out for their scans which I think is is, is a nice way to do it as well if you haven't got the time off That's fantastic. So it was only literally a matter of weeks until you got to the stage where you had your first successful pregnancy, basically. Yeah. And then everything was normal? The pregnancy was normal? Uh, they thought I had a short cervix, so I was monitored for that. But other than that, the pregnancy was absolutely fine. And fantastic. then he arrived three, three weeks early, so we cut it short nicely, which was very pleasant. <laughs> And then afterwards, you had two more natural pregnancies right which came all in naturally so you came back to your natural cycle after you had done this treatment so after doing the pregnancy my body then um once I'd finished breastfeeding kicked back in and my periods returned my cycle came back which was obviously very exciting um and then I was able to get pregnant naturally twice which was just a unbelievable when I thought back to a couple of years ago and how hard it had been to get one baby to then get three naturally just felt when I found out I was pregnant naturally for the first time I just thought I can't believe it I can't <laughs> believe this is how babies are made but for me that's not how babies were made I was just so taken aback that we'd actually got pregnant naturally 
would you so would you say you're hundred percent recommending going abroad or, or or doing sort of things non locally? Um, I, I would have been apprehensive had it been my first go, I think, because you don't know how it works and you think oh, it's going to be really scary. But it was so much friendlier doing it in Greece than it was doing it in the UK, to be honest. And there was such a nice community of women over there as well who'd connected beforehand or just met when they got there. The clinic would sort of link you up with uh, other women going through the treatment so you could meet up. Because obviously, every lots of them were there on their own, or or they're away from home doing it. So people would go for dinner, people would meet up and do sightseeing and stuff together. It was just lovely. It was a much. I actually enjoyed my time doing IVF. Obviously, if you could not do it, you would. But um, it, it was a very pleasant experience. And a couple of my friends have gone over there since. Um, one didn't need IVF. Uh, she just needed a few. Um, extra drugs to sort out she had low progesterone and stuff she went over saw penny had the same um hysteroscopy that i'd had tweaked her drugs and then she got pregnant again she just she'd had an ectopic previously um and then another friend went over for uh, a consultation but then actually got pregnant naturally so didn't need it in the end um but yeah i i definitely recommend it it's such it's i don't know what's different about it but they're just so much they're more open to trying different drugs when you've done IVF a few times you research everything that might possibly get you pregnant and there's lots of different drugs that you can try um but in the UK if they're not proven to work as I said they they won't they won't try them where as in Greece they were much more like yeah sure if you want to try that 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 is completely safe we've seen some good results with that we can't say for sure whether it will work but if you if you want to give it a go you can give it a go which at that stage, most people are just like, just let me try some things to, to at least feel better if it doesn't work, really. And generally, it does work, which is which is great. It's so refreshing to see that someone like you had such a good experience. And I heard that there's actually a lot of British people um, coming over to places like Greece, for example. So you, you, you could actually see there is a let's say let's say a local a large local community who's already been aware of these treatments so you're not going there to to some random place where potentially your organs will be sold on a black market or whatever yeah i'd say the majority of of women in the waiting room were english there was there was a few other nationalities but generally uh, most of the, the clientele were english yeah because i guess a lot of people and patients might be a bit apprehensive about going abroad for treat events like this just because they don't know the country they don't know the language something goes wrong what what happens if i'm stuck in a country where i i, I don't understand what people are talking about but what i don't i don't know the the local policies the rules what if there's an emergency and you know they don't know how to handle it who am i speaking to so i i think it's a big trust issue that people feel i think you've got to get a feel for the place before you go obviously like they all offer like online consultations I know the clinic I went to now come over and do I can't remember what you call it like a satellite clinic they'll come to London for a few days and you can book in and see them in London for a couple of days uh, I don't know whether they've done any of them since Covid but that was a great way people could meet them without having to go abroad or you can do it on Zoom and you can just get a feel for for the people and the clinic and just the way they do their communication is generally how they will be if if they're 
if the receptionist is rude, generally the clinic will be rude, if you know what I mean. If if they're all welcoming, then that's the feel you'll get from them because generally the, the what do you call it, tone at the top, the, the way that the um, doctors are and stuff feeds down to everybody that works within the clinic. So if everyone's being nurturing and kind, that's generally the ethos of the place. So there's loads of ways to get to know the clinic before you actually go. And especially with social media and stuff, there's groups um, that you can speak to people. It's def- I would definitely recommend going abroad. It's probably a bit cheaper, um, but maybe by the time you've factored in travel and accommodation and stuff like that, it may work out similar. But it's just a much more pleasant experience. And they, they're just so much more open to trying different drugs, which might hold the success. Something as simple as taking steroids, which... Um, if your body fights off the pregnancy, which lots of people have uh, this thing in them that it just sort of attacks the embryo, the steroids just shut down that reaction. It's a really cheap drug. Um, and they, they, they let me try that. I was I researched it and I was like, I really want to try this. Uh, and the UK had said no. And they said, yes, you can go on a low dose steroid. Um, it's not going to do you any harm. It's only for like the first bit of your pregnancy while it would, I think it was up until about 12 weeks. And they let me try that. Whether that was what made it work, I don't know. But um, but we tried it and I got pregnant. So I didn't have to think, oh, well, would it have worked had I tried that kind of thing? But that's interesting that they're open to trying new things and also making other tweaks in your lifestyle changes as well, which the NHS uh, or in general healthcare providers here wouldn't have thought about such as steroids. And then the other thing is, I guess you must have also tried different lifestyle changes because I think working as an air stewardess can also be very stressful for your body. I think they said I, I once heard a stewardess say that after doing this job for three or four years, you're not allowed to be an organ donor anymore just because your organs get... It, it sounds really terrifying. It might not be that dramatic and it may not affect you long-term so much. I mean, right now you're doing something completely different. I think you, you're in finance now, so you're doing something completely unrelated. Uh, but I, I guess living a very stressful lifestyle can actually impact your fertility uh, quite quite severely. It's the disruption to the sleep more than anything, because you're always doing, um, well, with my airline, it was long haul. So you do a day flight somewhere and then you stay there for a couple of days and then you do a night flight back. So in a week, I was always missing one or two nights sleep because you'd stay awake all night on the night flight. And then obviously the time zone and stuff. So your sleep is all over the place. And there is strong links between uh, bad sleep patterns and fertility because your body can't get in its natural rhythm. And and there's a lot of crew that have fertility problems. And that might just be that it's such a large proportion of women that there would be that many in, in any industry. But I think the sleep thing was a big thing. Lots of crew left because they couldn't handle the sleep anymore for whatever reason, you know, mental health, but lots of them also for fertility. And that's why when they offered like this month off as well, I thought, yes, I can take that because then I will be in another country. I'll be away from work. I'll be able to sleep. It just all helps your body get on track. Cause I'd, I, yeah, I'd, I'd tried all the different supplements, you know, eating healthily, giving up certain food groups. For example, which food groups would that be? But, um, sugar um doing all these cutting out all these things to try and be as healthy as possible but uh, 
whether they helped in the long run, I don't know, but but none of them gave the end goal of actually achieving a baby. But you feel like you've got to exhaust all options, really. During the process and during the drugs, she was just like, relax, chill out, have a glass of wine, get your body as relaxed as possible. It was a much more, wasn't like, you mustn't smoke, you mustn't drink, you mustn't do this. She was like, you need to chill out your body needs to be as relaxed as possible. And that was just how the whole clinic was, just so relaxed. Fantastic. It was more of a holiday rather than going go, going away for medical reasons, <laughs> which can sound really depressing, but I guess for, for you it was more, more like a nice holiday. And of course, when you're in a good mood and your body is at ease, it is much easier to, to sort of, I guess, recover. Thank, thanks so much for being so open about um, everything so far in, in, in fact, I guess it's a bit of a controversial topic, but for example, myself, I've never been on contraception before in my life. I know a lot of people think it it, it might be evil. Obviously, it, it helps you, you know, regulate your hormones for a certain set period of time. But would you recommend a young woman in this day and age to start going on the pill? I personally don't like contraception, uh, hormonal contraception anymore. I I. For me, I would never go back on the pill. I don't want the implant. I don't want any of any of that. Some people think it's great, but I certainly, I've got daughters now. I certainly won't be putting them on the pill at a young age. I think there's got to be other ways of managing things because there's so many people of my age who have fertility issues who all went on the pill at a really young age and then all stayed on it unchecked for a really long time. So I think it it's probably got its uses and is great short term, but it shouldn't be used as it is now for such a long period of time. The body, I used to back to back. And as my doctor had told me, I could have just take packet after packet so that I didn't have to break to have my period. So I'd sort of do three packets in a go and then, and then take a break for, for a period because my migraines were really bad when I have my, uh, when I have my period. So they just said, just go back to back for a few months, which just feels like mad advice. Like your body needs to, I don't I don't know it needs to have a period but I didn't care when I was younger because I just thought well that's better that's nice isn't it I don't have to have a period um I don't know I don't know whether the medical advice is changing now but I certainly wouldn't if I did my time again I wouldn't go on the pill for that long obviously I'm not in the position to give any medical advice I'm not a doctor and I'm not an expert in in this type of thing but I guess there is a people have a very good point when they say well you, you just leave it to to it naturally because women for thousands and thousands and millions of years have not taken any you know hormonal contraception it has not existed in human history beforehand so and they were fine of course once they got pregnant that that's what it is i guess they 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 just have to live with it but um but apart from that they found ways to you know sort of sort of avoid pregnancy you know in a in a, in a more natural way I guess but I guess I'm 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 a bad person to judge about these things but I I think there is there is quite a lot of controversy about around the pill and uh, more and more people say that you know it's better not to not to take it if you want to because basically you're telling your body I think the hormone that you're being given when you take the pill the that hormone is telling your body you are pregnant this is why you cannot get pregnant because your your body already thinks it is pregnant but But can, can, is that sustainable <laughs> in the long run? So how, how should your body produ naturally produce a hormone for a pregnancy if it's been 
told it's being artificially pregnant all the time. I don't know. It's it's just a, logically, it doesn't make sense. No, exactly. Your body must be in a heightened state of stress. Yeah. Hopefully they'll improve it over time because I can see the benefits for it. Like people want to know that they're not going to get pregnant. People don't want to be pregnant when they don't want to be. So it's it's got many benefits. I can I can see. I just think maybe on the short term, maybe people should be on it for a maximum of five years or something and then at least review it. I don't think I ever had it reviewed. I just ploughed on taking the pill. Did you feel your body reacted in any weird way when you tried naturally to go off the pill? I mean, nothing happened or did you did you feel any different once you got off the pill? I didn't actually feel any different. And I think that was because um, I, my body just did nothing. It stayed in a state of absolutely nothing. So I expected to sort of come off the pill and feel a bit sort of wobbly hormone wise and then get back into my cycle. But because my cycle never came back, I stopped taking the pill and just thought, I just feel exactly like I did when I was on the pill. So I think, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, as you say, not not a doctor. It was like there were so much hormones in my body. They just didn't leave, if you know what I mean. Um, so it wasn't until after I had Arthur, my first child, that I then thought, oh, my goodness, like this is what a cycle is. I, I knew when I was ovulating, so I'd have ovulation pains, and there was just other little signs in my body. And I thought, I, I don't remember ever paying attention to this because – I would have been so young, I, would, I wouldn't have paid any attention to that sort of thing. It was it was eye-opening and also very inconvenient. I was like, I forgot that you get a period every month. This is just ridiculous. Obviously, I knew you do, but I was like, this is a lot, isn't it? Being a woman's heart. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know the other way around because I've never been on contraception. I've always had my period naturally. The only times when I didn't have my period was when I was extremely stressed out. I climbed Mount Everest. Last year, for example, I didn't have my period for two months, but because my body was so stressed with surviving <laughs> that uh, ovulating is just not it's just not necessary for for survival. But other than that, I never experienced it to be the other way around. I thought of maybe taking hormonal drugs at some point just because um, I always had bad skin. But equally, I thought mm, maybe that has other downfall, etc. I'm not quite sure um, what to do. So I just never did anything. And I'm fine for now. <laughs> you knew you were stressed. You knew that something in your body was not happy because your cycle was affected. And if you've suppressed it with uh, contraceptive hormones, you wouldn't have known that. So sometimes it's a good indicator that something in your life needs to change because all of a sudden your cycle's gone awry and you know it's because you're stressed, because you're tired, because of something. It's, it's quite a good indicator of what's going on in your body. Many, many thanks for being so open about this. And I guess we, we can wrap it up here, unless you have any anything else to add. No, not at all. No, it was great talking oh, no. to you. Thank you so much. Thanks for your openness and your honesty. It's very appreciated. <laughs> You're welcome. Anytime. <laughs>